Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the seven final plagues as we pick up in Revelation chapter 16, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Let's turn to the book of Revelation chapter 16. In the 15th chapter of the book of Revelation, we had sort of the introduction to chapter 16. As we saw the seven angels in heaven who are given the seven final plagues, which complete the judgment of God upon the earth. And these seven angels came out of the temple and they were clothed in pure white linen. And one of the cherubim gave to the angels these vials of wrath to pour out upon the earth. The temple of God was filled with the smoke from the glory of God and it was closed now to man. No man was able to enter in during the time that these seven plagues are being poured out upon the earth. So John said, I heard a great voice now coming out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways, pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And so the command, that awesome command is now given from the temple of God And these angels are dispatched with the seven final plagues with which God will smite the earth prior to the sending of his son to take dominion and control and to rule over the earth. So the first angel went forth and poured out his vial upon the earth And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon man which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. It would seem that God now makes a distinction that this noisome, which literally is a running sore, a ulcer type of a sore that doesn't heal, much like one gets from radiation burns that God makes a distinction between those who are faithful to him and those who have worshipped the beast and taken his mark. For the fact that it comes upon those which have the mark and those that worship his image does seem that God is now making a difference. We remember when God poured out his plagues upon the Egyptians that God made a difference at that time and that the judgments fell upon the Egyptians, but God protected the Israelites from those judgments. Though there was darkness over all of the land of Egypt, there was light in the camp of Israel. And God made provisions to protect his people. He had them put the blood upon the lintels and the doorposts of their house so that they would not be grieved with the loss of the firstborn as were the Egyptians when the Lord passed through Egypt that night and killed the firstborn of the whole land. 
God making the difference between those that are his and those that are not his. And such is the case as this first angel pours out his vial and men break out with these horrible sores. The second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. Notice first one touches the earth, the second one touches the sea. It became as blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. Just how God is to accomplish this is a matter of speculation, and as we study some of the natural phenomena of the past, we realize uh, that there are many ways by which these things could happen. Emmanuel Velikovsky, in his book, Worlds in Collision, a book whereby his premise that he seeks to prove is that the planet Venus was introduced into our solar system within the last 10,000 years, within the period of recorded history. And according to his premise, the plagues that came upon Egypt were a result of a near miss with the planet Venus as it was coming in an erratic orbit into the solar system, that it passed close by the earth, that the earth was moved from its orbit that it had at that time. You see, they used to predicate time on a 360-day year. And then suddenly we started moving to 365 and a quarter for we realized that that's how much time it takes for us to make our orbit around the sun. But it is his premise that the 360-day year was a correct year. Of course, if you figured on a 360-day year within, you know, five years, all of your seasons would be totally fouled up. In every, you know, 20 years or so, you'd have to, you'd be completely off in your seasons. So the 360-day year must have been an accurate calculation. But the 365 and a quarter, he does believe that the earth used to rotate in the opposite direction of, it, of the present rotation. A lot of interesting things that he presents in that book challenges your thinking, but he does feel that the near miss caused a tremendous amount of debris to be brought into our atmosphere and that as it disintegrated in our atmosphere as the meteorites do that they, they turned into a red dust that fell all over the earth and as it fell into the waters it turned them to a bloody red as the waters in Egypt were turned to, uh, to a bloody red and made undrinkable. Interesting premise. It is also interesting that one of the concerns that the scientists have today is that of a large asteroid perhaps getting caught 
in its orbit within the Earth's gravitational pull and being drawn to the Earth. And the tremendous devastation that would come if we would have a collision with an asteroid that was, say, five miles or more in diameter. There are several thousand asteroids in the solar system, most of them around the planet Jupiter. There is that asteroid belt, and they have calculated the orbits of many of these asteroids, some 2,000 of them, have an orbit that at some time is apt to interact with the Earth. So the chances of asteroids hitting the Earth are three in a million every year. <laughs> so there have been in the past asteroids that have collided with the Earth. The crater that is out there near Winslow, Arizona, three miles in diameter. They feel that that was probably an asteroid. And they also feel that an asteroid of that size impacting the Earth is enough to tilt the Earth or push the Earth. In other words, you get, if it hits at the right angle, it would flip the Earth. The physicists who believe that an asteroid, such as one that hit in the desert in Arizona there, would have been capable of pushing the earth so that suddenly, say we were living here in this pleasant Southern California climate, but if the asteroid would hit the earth at the right angle, it could suddenly push us under the Arctic mass of air in just a, you know, in a minute's time we would be under this Arctic air and everything in a moment would be flash frozen. Instead of sitting in this balmy weather of 50 degrees or so, which it will go down to tonight, we suddenly would be in 50 degree below zero weather and everything would just be frozen. And they believe that that's perhaps what has happened in the past and that explains the mammoths that are frozen in Siberia, uh, who evidently at the time that this catastrophe took place were munching on tropical vegetation. For they, in cutting their stomachs open, found tropical vegetation in their digestive tracts. But suddenly they were frozen in place. And they feel that perhaps an asteroid hit and pushed the earth so that it twisted and an area that was once tropical was suddenly pushed under the mass of Arctic air and frozen in place. And so the, the change was not a gradual change, but sudden and catastrophic. And so by what means God is going to bring to pass these judgments is left to speculation. What kind of phenomena, whether it be a asteroid, giant asteroid, who knows? There are some 18,000 meteorites that come into our atmosphere every minute. 
and are burned up as they, as they come into our atmosphere. Uh, small particles of space junk that God has designed to dissolve for the most part uh, as they heat up through friction as they come speeding into the denser atmosphere around the earth and they, 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 they of course disintegrate or they burn out most of the time before they hit the earth. Some of them hit the earth and you've probably seen some of the meteorites that have fallen and uh, hit the earth. But God is going to bring these judgments by what natural phenomena we do not know. It could be that God will bring to pass something man has not yet seen up to this point. But you can be sure it's going to happen. And whatever causes the seas to uh, turn red like blood, and of course we've seen even here during those years where we have what is known as the red tide, the plankton as it multiplies, that it gives the, the water a reddish hue and of course the plankton take the oxygen out of the water and it's quite deadly to uh, the fish as the oxygen within the water is depleted by the red tide. It makes of course spectacular viewing whenever we have a red tide. I love to go down to the beach at night and watch the surf because it looks like neon tubes. Uh, when the surf breaks, uh, the plankton, which is a lot of phosph has a lot of phosphorus in it, as the, the wave rolls, the phosphorus lights up, and it looks just like neon tubes lighting up in the ocean. And it's, it's spectacular to watch, but it's horrible to swim in. Uh, I, the surfing, you know, is bad in a red tide. And it just, the, the water tastes horrible if you happen to get a swallow of it. And it's just not, your eyes really burn when you get water in your eyes in that red tide. But oh, how beautiful at night. And so uh, it could be a, a massive red tide depleting the water of the oxygen, causing those souls within the sea to die. The third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of water, and they became as blood. So not only will the ocean be turned as blood, but also now the rivers and fountains of water, as did happen in Egypt, and the water became undrinkable. So when this happens on a worldwide scale, imagine what this is going to do to man when suddenly all of your fresh water supplies are polluted. They're about half polluted now. But in this particular plague, the water supplies being polluted is going to be devastating for man. And as the waters are turned to blood and made undrinkable, I heard the angel of the waters say, now later on we're going to have an angel standing in the sun. Here's an angel that God has put over the charge of the fresh waters. Interesting, these angels. They're going to be interesting persons to meet. I'm sort of anxious to meet the angel that God has 
given charge over me, to watch over me. And the Bible says, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, to bear thee up at any time, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And so it's going to be interesting to meet the angel that's been watching out over me. I want to know what happened to him on a few occasions. <laughs> Sleeping on the job or something. But that's all right. I forgive him. I want him to know before I get there that I don't hold anything against him. <laughs> but it'll be fun to meet him. Now here's an angel that God has put in charge of the waters. And the angel of the waters declares, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shall be, because you have judged thus. It just sort of right on, God. What a perfect judgment. You know, one thing about God is that his judgments are right. And here is the declaration of the righteousness of God's judgment. And all the way through this whole period of judgment, we find the voices that are declaring the righteousness of God's judgment. It is interesting that though through heaven there comes the continual testimony of the righteousness of God's judgment, this is the thing that many people are concerned about and worried about is will God be fair? Would it be fair for God to condemn forever a man who never had the opportunity of knowing Jesus Christ? Would it be fair for God to condemn forever a baby who died without ever having known or heard or being able to make a decision, etc., 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 on infinitum? Whatever God does will be absolutely fair. God will not be unfair. He'll not be unjust. You don't have to worry about that. And here as God turns the fresh water into blood, the angel says, righteous God, man. That's right on. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and now you've given them blood to drink. They deserve it. I mean, it's righteous, Lord. I mean, they've shed so much blood. What a righteous judgment. They like blood so much given to them to drink, you know. Righteous. And I heard another angel out of the altar say, Amen, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And so the affirm affirmation during the period of judgment of the righteousness of God's judgments. Abraham, when the Lord announced to him that he was going to destroy the cities of God, Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham said, shall not the Lord of the earth be just? You know, shouldn't God be fair? What if there are 50 righteous people in that city? Would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Shouldn't God be fair? The Lord said, if there are 50 righteous, we'll spare the city. Hmm. But what if there are 40 righteous? 40 righteous will spare. What if there are 30? For 30, I'll spare. What if there are 20? What if there are 10? The Lord said, if there are 10 righteous persons, we'll spare it for the 10. 
the angels got to the city of Sodom and found one righteous man. And so what did they do? They led him out and they said, hurry, get out of here. We can't destroy this thing until you're out. God is righteous. God is fair. The judgments of God are righteous and true. You can count on that. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God. Uh, a lot of times we have the concept that if God would only send his judgment, that people would turn from their wickedness. That is generally not the case. When God sends his judgment, the righteous who have turned from their righteousness turn back to God. And, and we do read in the Old Testament where the judgments of God caused the righteous to turn to the Lord. But the judgments of God so often just harden the heart of the impenitent. return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Revelation on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Revelation 16 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and may you Live after the Spirit. Walk after the Spirit. Follow after the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For I speak to you in the name of the Lord, if you are living and walking after the flesh and indulging in the areas and the things of the flesh, God will bring you into judgment. It will destroy you. You need to walk after the Spirit. May God guide and help you in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Through the course of the years, you, our radio listeners, have provided us with valuable feedback as to what has impacted you the most or what has moved you spiritually in your walk with God. So it's with great pleasure that The Word for Today is pleased to offer you a collection of all-time favorites entitled Pastor Chuck Smith's Most Requested Bible Studies. 
These messages were selected from thousands of studies that were recorded live at Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa over the past 40 years. They represent the very best Bible studies by Pastor Chuck Smith. Every message is dynamic and filled with rich insights as Pastor Chuck expounds upon relevant issues on a variety of topics related to the Christian faith. This series will strengthen and inspire you to diligently study the Word of God and apply it to your life. You can order a copy of Pastor Chuck's most requested Bible studies available on MP3 by calling the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.